The Journey of Styles by Damien Renwick Limestone Center At night, they slept and for the most part shared the same dream world. They had dreamt of their arrival approaching an empty beach. It was a solemn dream they both held, and so that afternoon, when they arrived at the beach, they were not surprised, but both said, Tijikarpa. The pouch of gold and diamond and acacia seeds that Nip Nip held was getting heavy, and they decided to rest for the rest of the day. A stream led to a higher ground, and so they followed it. As they climbed the grassy hillside above the crack where the stream ran from, they found a flat piece of ground, some trees, and a cave entrance. The water was fresh enough to drink, and they both took large gulps. Afterwards, Nip-Nip gave Styles something he had never seen before. A small bone bag. It contained fine purple crystal sediment and gold. The lights were low tonight and only the seven sisters were visible in the night sky. Nip-Nip gestured with his hands that if he were to mix this with the acacia plants, the mixture would make you walk for a month unaided by food or sleep or any other substance. The conversation then stayed on the matter. This is an everlasting substance. For a being to use this continually over a long period of time, one would feel the effects of something resembling a young, vibrant self. Styles' eyes widened as he and Nip-Nip then dabbed their hands in the cloth, speckling their paws. You will be able to see the other world yet not have the strange effects normally associated with the Akasia. Styles asked, how long could one live on nothing but this mixture? Nip Nip replied, only certain elders who were privy to this exact concoction and techniques for preparing it. We have given you enough to last seven years. One dab a month will see you through. One must be prepared as much as possible. Should you need aid in any way, you must expect not to find it. Always prepare. I had met with other people at the dreaming events who all wanted to give you gifts and advice. 
by the end of it all, I had become wise among Javendians. Definitely more advanced than I would have been had my only experience had been with no feet swelling to Dreamtime paintings. Styles prepared the fire using a twig rubbing brush technique. I wonder what will happen since we have done the opposite of what we were supposed to do. Hawa. Smoke rose from dry grasses on the twigs. I have prepared myself for death or a life of ills for the greater good. He sat back. He knew he was having moments now where the acacia plants were not having their prescribed effects. Random moments of clarity followed by mild waves of chaos. The blowing of the fire made his head hurt, coupled with the events that were placed out in front of him. He needed some type of closure. What was going to happen to Nipnip? He couldn't sense him like he could when they were upon the beach. He no longer heard Nip-Nip's highs and lows. Was it the purple-gold crystal mix? He took advantage of the solemn thinking unattached from drops from his mentor. He concluded that he asked but one question. He cleared his throat. What do we do now? Now that we voluntarily changed the path that we were supposed to cross. Nip-Nip smiled, but couldn't offer an answer. There was a long silence. Crack. A large noise came from within the cave. Echoes shot out. Wind blew the twigs. They both turned to see the cave entrance. Sparkles. Styles kept on puffing the kindling. I can see something else. Styles looked up to see the cave now illuminated. Trystals within the cave walls. The two of them got up and walked into the illuminated cave towards the ever-glowing lights of the underground city of Uluru.